John 21. And in just a moment, we'll read the, the last verse. I was curious this week, after kind of just reading over verse 25 a few times and thinking about it, I was curious to know, besides the Bible, what is the most uh, printed, published, best-selling book of all time? And I suspected it might be um, some classic or maybe even like a Harry Potter series of books that was very popular. But the answer, according to Google, is the book uh, Don Kyoto, if I'm saying that correctly. I don't know if I am or not, but some of y'all may have read that in school. And I read that they estimate 500 million copies of that book have been sold. 500 million. So then I thought, I wonder how many books of the Bible have been printed so I googled that, and, and there's no tr way to truly know, but in 2021, the British and Foreign Bible Society estimated between 5 and 7 billion copies of the Bible have been printed. Now, I'm not trying to get us into math today, but I believe there are a thousand millions in one billion, and so if that's right, that's a lot of copies of the Bible, <laughs> regardless of that math is right or not. Way more than any other book ever printed, we have copies of the Bible. So many copies. Again, we don't even know how many copies. And so I thought about that because it's a very interesting thing that John says in chapter 21, verse 25. So if you'll look at it with me, our final verse of the gospel according to John, he writes and says, Now there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books therein. So, simply put, John tells us that Jesus did much more than what we have in the Gospels. And so much so that, and it's hyperbole, right, but so much so that if Everything Jesus did and taught and said and the acts he did in his life in those short 30-something years, if all those things were put into, were written down, all the books of the world could not contain it, right? And we know that in John's day there were much less, there were a lot less books than we have now, right? No printing press, no internet, of course, all those types of things. But the point still stands that John says, yes, in these 21 chapters, although he didn't do chapters, but in this writing, I'm not including everything about Jesus' life. I'm not including every detail about his ministry. And by that, I think we can assume Jesus did other miracles, did other teachings. But what I can tell you is that Christ did these things. And the report I've given you, and we go back to verse 20 to see this, verse 20 and verse, chapter 20, verse 31. The report I've given you, John says, is enough to know Christ, and to believe in Him. And if you're like me, I, I, wouldn't you love to know more about the childhood of Jesus? We don't know much, do we? It's like we see His birth, maybe one little glimpse of childhood, and then boom, His ministry, age 30 or so. And so there's so much we don't know, but what we do have, what we do know is enough to know Him fully and to believe Him fully as we ought. 
And so as we conclude this study, I want to just go back and just review some key things that we need to know and remember as we leave the Gospel of John. And I suspect we will, many of us who are believers will never ultimately leave this book. We love to go back to it from time to time. But let me give you, I'm giving you three sets of seven. The first thing is this, the seven miracles of Christ in John. I'm going to give you these quickly. If you're taking notes, you'll have to write fast. If nothing else, put this in your mental brain, your, your mental bank. Remember um, these things that Christ did. There are more than seven. I'm going to give you seven key miracles in John. The first one is the first miracle in John 2 when Jesus turned water to wine, showing there early on in his ministry that he had power over common elements in, in the world. The second one is healing the official's son. Over in John 4, there's a royal official. His son is critically ill. <clears throat> wow, it's so long ago when we talked about this, it's, you know, over a year ago. But Jesus healed this man's son by speaking his word, showing that he had power over distance and power over sickness, right? Distance wasn't an issue. Christ did not have to be in the same room to heal. The third one, we saw in John 5 that Jesus healed the, a paralyzed man at Bethsaida, a man who'd been paralyzed for 38 years, Jesus came and healed this man. If you remember, the man goes and washes himself there, and he's uh, th there, and he, he's healed. Jesus shows power over long-term sickness. Number four, John 6, 1 through 15, Jesus miraculously feeds 5,000 plus people with five loaves and how many fish? Two fish. He multiplies the food, showing again his power, not only to provide, but his power to change the elements, to multiply the elements. The fifth miracle that we'll mention this morning is in John 6, just after the feeding of the 5,000, he walked on water on the Sea of Galilee during a storm, going out to be with the disciples and showing his power over the forces of nature. Number six. In John 9, we talked about, excuse me, we talked about the healing of the man born blind. And Jesus encountered this man. If you remember the story, Jesus spit on the ground and made, you know, used mud and applied it to his eyes. This man went and, and washed himself and he regained his sight. Again, Jesus showing power over sickness. Number seven, and finally, in John 11, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And, and to this point, to me, was his ultimate miracle. Showing everyone, yes, I have power over sickness, I have power over uh, the, the elements, I have power over nature, but I ultimately have power over death. And he's going to show that again, isn't he? A few chapters from there when he raises himself from the dead. So these miracles or signs, these seven key miracles, including the other ones he did, all pointed to the fact that Christ was and is God, and that he came to complete a mission. That's the seven miracles. Let me give you next the, seven, the next seven things, the seven I am statements of Christ. Seven key statements where Jesus said, I am this. And these tell us really his identity and his mission. The first one in John 6, 
Jesus said, I am the bread of life. When Jesus said, I'm the bread of life, let me remind you, what he's saying is, I will satisfy you spiritually. How many of you woke up this morning and one of the first things you did was grab something to eat? Breakfast? Anybody eat breakfast on Sunday mornings? Are y'all like me? I'm too rushed. You, you want that to, right? Breakfast, to break the fast of the night. I did not, I don't ever eat breakfast on Sunday morning, just a cup of coffee. But in the next hour or less, I'm going to be eating, right? And most of you will too. We eat lunch because we need that physical satisfaction or hunger satisfied. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. The spiritual need you have, the spiritual desire you have, the spiritual um, longing or lacking in your life can only be satisfied by me, Jesus says. In John 8, the second one, in John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. John 1 talks about this too, about the, the darkness of the world, and Jesus comes in as the light, and this reminds us that he is here to illuminate truth in a dark world. He does that in our hearts, by the way, when he saves us, and then he also does this in the world. The third one, Jesus in John 10 says, I am the gate or the door for the sheep, declaring that if anyone is going to enter, the, enter into God's fold, be a sheep, know God, they must enter through one way, and that is through the gate, through the door, which is Christ. That was the third one. The fourth one related to that in John 10. He said, I am the good shepherd, declaring that he provides for his people. But namely, if you remember John 10, he says this. He says, the shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. Number five, back in John 11, the chapter where he raises Lazarus, in that same text, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. I mean, I don't know how to say it more plainly than that. He gives life to dead sinners. Number six, over in John 14, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, declaring that there is one and only one way to salvation through him. And the last one, in John 15, the seventh one, he says, I am the true vine. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. He is the vine that we must be connected to, to have abundant life and eternal life. To produce fruit, we must be connected to the true vine, which is Christ. I love John 15. Looking back on it, probably my, with 10 and 15, probably my favorite two chapters in this study. These I am statements reveal Jesus' identity, that he is the Son of God. They also reveal his mission, that he came to save sinners. So that's seven miracles, that's seven I am statements. Let me give you seven key themes to this book. It's really hard to narrow these themes down. There are more. I, I wanted to give you 15 themes, but I needed to stay in line with my seven, I, I thought. So here are seven. The first one. From the beginning of the book to the end, notice the divinity of Christ, right? In the beginning, the very first verse, in the beginning uh, was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
the very first thing we learn in this book, and it's emphasized over and over again, is that Jesus Christ is God. And that's one of our key beliefs. If you are a member of our church, you believe that Jesus Christ is God. Not a God, not he was God, he is God eternally. And we also see, by the way, his unique relationship with the Father. Again, he said, I am God. And what did the people do in his day when he kept saying things like that? What did most of those religious people do? They hated him for it, for saying truth. Number two, a second theme is belief and faith. Again, I found this as I looked through the, the book again from the beginning to the end. This call to all of us to believe in Christ, this one who is God, the Son of God, the Word made flesh coming to dwell among us, we must put our faith in Him, we must believe in Him to have life. A third theme, a third key theme that's found throughout this book is light and darkness. This is not one I originally thought about. I I saw someone else had mentioned this, but I like it because in chapter 1, It talks about Christ being the light. I mentioned to you in John 8, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And it's this contrast between the light of Christ and righteousness and goodness and salvation contrasted to the dark, sinful world who would reject him. This morning, are you in the light, walking in the light, or are you in spiritual darkness? Christ is the only, he is the light. He's the only way out of the darkness. Number four, New birth, spiritual transformation. You remember John 3, right? Jesus and Nicodemus, and Jesus said, you must be born again. There's this new birth, this emphasis in John, not only in chapter 3, but over in chapter 6, over in chapter 10, and in other chapters, of the, the fact that we are only saved by God's will. That we must be born again, and just as a baby can do nothing when they're born except be born, When we are saved by God's grace, all we can do is be born. God does the saving, and he transforms us spiritually. We see this in John 3. We see it also in John 4 with the Samaritan woman. This emphasis on spiritual birth that comes only through Christ. Number five, quickly on number five, uh, the miracles of Christ. The signs, the miracles, we've already mentioned those, but they again show us who he is, and that he has authenticity about being God. Number six, love and sacrifice. Love is a theme in John's gospel, and related, if you go read 1 John, go read his letters, it's also a theme there. Love and sacrifice, particularly his ultimate act of love by giving his life for us on the cross. This theme certainly is in the gospel of John. John. And the seventh one, the final theme, is the Holy Spirit. We see this repeated, that the Holy Spirit is called the helper, the comforter, the advocate, the one who indwells us. And so at the end of Jesus' ministry, especially, he's telling those disciples he's leaving them, but he keeps saying this, I'm not leaving you alone, I'm going to send a helper, a comforter, a guide. And the same Holy Spirit who Jesus sent guides you and I as well, if we are in Christ. So these are some primary themes to remember. So seven miracles, seven I am statements, and seven primary themes that I hope can just remind us of some of the things we've discussed in the last year and a half. 
But as we kind of wrap this book up, I want to do it a little different. I don't guess I've ever done it this way before, but that's all right. I want you to turn to John chapter 1. And I would love for you to turn there in your Bible. If you don't have a Bible with you, maybe get close to somebody who does. If you have an electronic Bible, scroll to it. Um, I went through and chose some of the most, in my opinion, some of the key passages in the gospel. And I want to just read this verse by verse through some of these key verses. And you can follow along with me. You can jot these down if you'd like to, or I, I could send this to you if you'd like to get it later. But more than anything, I just want you to listen to the word through the gospel according to John one more time, listening to kind of a summary of these 21 chapters. Are you ready? John 1.1. 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1, 12 through 14. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Flip with me to John 3. John 3, 5 through 8. <coughs> Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it comes and whither it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. John three sixteen through 18. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world, might, that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. John 4, 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Go to John 5. John 5, 19 through 25. Then answered Jesus and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loves the Son, and shows him all things that he does. He will show him greater works than these, that you may marvel." 
For as the Father raises up the dead and quickens them, even so the Son quickens whom he will. For the Father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honors not the Son honors not the Father which has sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. John 6, verse 35. John 6, verse 35. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. This is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John 6, 44. Skip down to John 6, 44. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Y'all still with me? If you're with me, say word. Making sure. John 8, verse 12. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of the of life. John 8, 31 and 32. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 10. John chapter 10. Starting in verse 7. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth life for the sheep. Now let's get down to 14. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it. Again, John 10, 27 through 30. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. John eleven twenty five through 27. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Believe thou this. John 12, John 12, 25 and 26. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. John 12, 27 through 32. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The people therefore that stood by and heard it said it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. John 13. Chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so am I, or so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. John thirteen thirty one. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God glorified in him. If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. 
you shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you. Verse 34, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. John 14, 1 through 3, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. John 14, verse 23 and 24. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. John 15. John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does, but I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. John 15, 26 and 27. But when the comforters come, whom I will send you unto the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. And you also shall bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. John 16, 13 through 15. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and that shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and show it unto you. A little while, and you shall not see me. And again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. John sixteen thirty three. Just a few more passages here. John 16, These things have I spoken unto you 
that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. John 17. There's no way to do this chapter justice. Really, we'll read the first five verses, but it says this. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. How about John seventeen seventeen? Sanctify them in truth, your word is truth. Chapter 18, verse 12. Then the band and the captain and officers of the Jews took Jesus and bound him. Verse 17. Then saith the damsel that kept one of the door unto Peter, Are not thou also one of this man's disciples? And he says, I am not. John 18, 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, saying, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it of thee? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? That old nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from here. Pilate answered, Therefore unto him, Are thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Chapter 19. 19, chapter 19, verse 16. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two others with him on either side, and Jesus in the midst. John 19, 30. When Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. John 19, 38. And after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for the fear of the Jews, besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. 
He came therefore and took the body of Jesus. And there came also Nicodemus, which at the first came to Jesus by night, and brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Then took they the body of Jesus, and wound it in linen clothes with the spices, as the manner of the Jews is to bury. Now in the place where he was crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new sepulcher, wherein was never man yet laid. There laid they Jesus therefore, because of the Jews' preparation day, for the sepulcher was nigh at hand. John 20, verses 1 and 2. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. John 20, verses 19 through 21. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them unto he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be to you. As my Father has sent me, even so I send you. John 21, verse 25. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Add, let's add one to this. Last one, you ready? John 20, 30 and 31. which to me is the theme verse of this entire book. And many other signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Three Short applications, and you'll have the message today. The first one, as we conclude the gospel according to John, we must know Jesus rightly through his word. We must always be looking at the word, including this gospel of John, and saying, who is God? Who is Christ? Who is the Holy Spirit? How does this word describe him? And however it describes him is how we must know him. know him. Know him clearly. And I pray that through reading this, even this morning, we see even more of a clear picture of who Christ is. None of us truly know the fullness of who God is. We can study his attributes, we can study his word. That's why it's a lifelong pursuit to know him and know him and know him through his word. The second thing is we need to believe him, believe in Jesus only for eternal life. 
this world will tell us there are many ways to God. There are other ways to God. It doesn't really matter. We'll all end up in the same place eventually. But the Bible is clear and true that Christ is the only way for eternal life. The only way. Anyone who is not born again, putting their faith in Christ, is under the condemnation of their sin forever. Unless God does a change in them. Number three, and finally, we need to follow Jesus faithfully forever. I hope as you heard all that, that we just read, which is a lot, right? That's most I've read in a long time in a pulpit. I hope you'll think about this. Did Jesus come to this earth 2,000 years ago, live, teach, do miracles? Did he do all that so that you and I might go through some kind of spiritual season in our lives? Or that we might just have religion as a, an add-on, an accessory to our lives? And I can tell you right now, Christ did not come and live and teach and do and die and rise again that we might just go through random phases of Christianity. Christ did all those things so that we might follow him now and forever. As faithful as we possibly can by his help alone. That's why he did all these things. So all that the Father gives Christ will come to him. The Holy Spirit will draw them. The Holy Spirit will cause them to be born again and to believe in Christ. And they can never be taken out of the Father's hand. So all that the Father gives, those for whom Christ died, those for whom the Spirit regenerated, those for whom the, the Word guides, and those who are part of the church, all those will not follow Jesus for days or weeks or months or years or decades. All of those will follow Jesus faithfully forever. Let's pray.